0: Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to
1: another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025, get 25% off your order and free shipping. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. What up?
0: Hello. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> Wait. First things first. Mm. Happy birthday, Zero Southside. <gasps> Happy oh. birthday, Southside. Yeah. Two years old? Three. three years three. old today. Three years wow. old? Three years old, yeah. That's right. I don't know how Daniel and I have aged 17 years in, <laughs> in three, but here we are. <laughs> how good. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I mean, Zero Southside was the start of me opening my eyes to the possibilities of being able to expand in that way. And uh, Daniel and Rochelle, without them and the work that they've put in and uh, how amazing they've been to work with, I would have never had the guts to, to go out and open any more of them. So thank you to Daniel and Rochelle. Like Neither of them had ever coached before. Rochelle had never done anything in nutrition coaching. Now she heads it up for zero and, and coaches has coached over, you know, hundreds of people in the last few years. Daniel had never coached and is now coaching people, you know, to nationals, to worlds. Um, and uh, now they own two gyms. They have a stake in, in Brisbane as well. Like, it's it's been crazy. Uh, so thank you, Daniel and Rochelle, for coming on board the team and uh, making Zero
2: Southside possible. Amazing. And happy birthday to Zero Southside.
3: Yay. What a way to
2: celebrate the 75th episode of the Zero Weakness podcast.
0: That's right. And we get aircon next week.
2: Where? That's outside. outside. Oh, how good. Yeah. yeah. Have all the gyms got aircon now? That'll make all of them have aircon. Yeah.
3: Nice.
2: That's sick.
0: Yeah, that has wow. to be the standard moving forward. Like, we can't have gyms without climate control. Come on, man. <laughs> It used to be such a badge of honor. It used to just be like, nah, we're tough. We train in the heat. You train so much better when you're comfortable. Mm. How gross is it walking outside? I know. It's, it's like oh, it's so bad. such a reminder of. Remember when it was real hot, walking outside was nice. Mm. And so that sort of gives you the contrast of how <laughs> shit it must have been. Yeah.
2: But do you know what was worse? So before we had the big ceiling fan, how we just had those random fans around the oh. gym and that was so loud. Loud and did nothing. It was loud loud and industrial, industrial fans. And blew hot air and dust onto your face. It <laughs> would be It would be the worst thing when someone would come in and turn every single fan on. I couldn't even hear myself think.
0: Yeah. Especially when they started like rattling or squeaking as well. Ugh. Like not only was the air, even now when someone turns one on out there and I'm working, I'm like, fuck. Or well, what was worse when
2: Steve Wang used to turn them off? <laughs> yeah,
0: it'd be Why like- Why would
3: he turn them off? Because he was cold. <laughs> <laughs> no. It'd
2: be like 700 <laughs> degrees. There's like, oh, nah. about a thousand dudes sweating, standing in front of the fan. Steve would just go up and turn it off. Oh what are you doing? God. He's like, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I just remember this time last year when all the dumbbells got delivered and it was in the oh. middle of a heat wave. <laughs> we're having to roll them all off the truck. <laughs> yeah,
0: but do you remember what happened? We didn't realise we were unpacking half the, the wrong, wrong ones. The wrong dumbbells. Yeah. So then and we had were the to heavy repack ones. them on. <laughs> I I was like completely drenched through. So I came up here in the aircon and took my shirt off. And there was this real awkward moment where Bridget walked in, and I'm just sitting <laughs> there. You can't see my legs under the desk. So it just looks like I'm naked at the desk. <laughs> it was so
1: And then odd.
3: didn't CJ walk in on you? Probably. Either? I walked in
0: and didn't react at
1: all. <laughs> <laughs> I just walked in and just started setting up cameras. And Thomas felt the need to say, y- y- This isn't normal. <laughs> Just so you know, I don't actually-
0: No, because I, I never take my shirt off in, in, besides in the comfort of my own home. So it's very weird. That's how hot it
2: was. You're yeah, so I remember hot. I had spicy arms from low bar squats and it was just hell on earth oh. uh, trying to pick up dumbbells. And it was, uh, it was either me or Bridget. One of us has to pick up the heavy ones. I'm not going to go, ah, oh, Bridget, all
3: right. <laughs>
2: Can you please uh, move double your body weight in these dumbbells? <laughs> Someone has to. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> Your own fault for working at a gym. <laughs> well, lift light things go with it. Work at a pillow shop. <laughs> pillow shop.
2: Well actually <laughs> no, i got nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. Um Alright, let's do them together. Actually, no no. First of all, what have we been up to? Tom, bro, what have you been up to?
0: Uh just existing, surviving. Existing.
2: Nice, nice. Squatting, equipped. Yeah. That's no, D load week this week. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh can't even remember. What did you
3: squat on Monday? What was it?
2: 325. Yeah, Three but, wow. Yeah. But that was with the straps up.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I
2: almost died. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? The skill? Like the skill of having the straps up?
0: Oh, it was just too tight. And I I just wasn't feeling very well. Yeah. And like halfway up, I just lost my brace and kind of just stopped. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, then stopped. I, but Then
0: I kept
3: going, so <laughs> gave
0: <laughs> gave
2: Rido and the boys a bit of a heart attack. Uh, how's that going? Are you still surviving in the equipment?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping my shirt comes this week. I Mm -hmm. thought it might be here early this week, but I don't think it's come yet. Um, So hopefully it arrives next week so I can start actually using it. What shirt did you get? The same one that got stolen, but it's one size bigger.
2: Imagine if you just bought the exact same shirt off Marketplace. (laughs) 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 And he goes, hey, bro, I'll drop it off to you. I know where you live. (laughs) So I can't remember if I said this on the
0: podcast or not, but I had actually panic ordered the shirt already. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I'd I'd already bought this. I I didn't buy it because my shirt got stolen. I sort of thought, oh, I don't think I'm gonna fit the one that I've got, so I bought a size bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: so that's gonna be interesting. Are you gonna have to change how you've been benching then? Like, no, nah, it'll just take. It's just a fine line with the time that I've got
0: to to work the shirt in and be mm-hmm. able to touch, but because yep. it's a little bit bigger, I think it will be fine.
2: Okay, one size bigger. Is that gonna? Because um, obviously the weight's gonna still feel heavy in your hands, but is it gonna have to mean you're gonna have to drop the loads a little bit more or?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Don't think so? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you find much of a difference, like, between shirt sizes? I don't have enough
0: experience.
2: Yeah, right. You, you've you said this, but you're literally known as, like, the <laughs> equipped guy. AA. I know. It pisses me off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done shit in equipment. Do,
2: do you know what I think it is? It's because you're the only guy we see in equipment? Yeah. Besides you and Fonz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So we just asked Tomber everything about equipment. <laughs> Bridget, what have you been up to?
3: Uh, Lifting... Muay Thai, hanging out with my mom and dad. Nice. Going for swims in the ocean. Nice. The best. I want to start surfing again, but I'm too scared of sharks. Mm. And there's been lots of shark sightings lately. Ooh. They closed the beach in Burley on Australia Day because they spotted three sharks. Really? No yeah. She uses so this as the biggest excuse. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, not, it's a pretty valid <laughs> excuse. Three <I> sharks in <laughs> the beach. That's pretty <laughs> legit. I don't want to get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and guess what? You know the saltwater crocodile that they spotted at Strati? It was mm. a dugong, so you don't have to worry about it.
0: A, a dugong? What's yeah. That? Oh, I, so I saw something about Saltwater Crocodile and dugong, and I thought they'd seen both. Yeah, so no, apparently
3: apparently, what they thought was a Saltwater Croc, it ah, was a dugong.
0: I remember seeing a dugong in Vanuatu. Yeah. It was an amazing sight. A Are they, dugong. like, massive? Gigantic. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Henny, what have you been <laughs> up to?
2: Um, nothing. Just same old, just plodding along. We've got a race in, I don't know how many weeks now, April 26th. I think it is. If you're wondering why this episode is so good, me and Thomas have had our uh, daily dose of bone broth. Our cognitive function is through the roof. That's right. Thomas
3: is about to fall asleep. It's
2: mm. all right. I'm feeling primal. Very
3: primal.
2: We <laughs> <Ready for> should <laughs> do my this. Pri- sh-
0: my primal siesta. <laughs> we should have done this potty with
2: our shirts off.
1: <laughs>
3: oh,
1: Jeepers. All right, uh, CJ. What have I been up to? Um, uh, yeah, we've still been doing a lot of filming. Um, Training has been Awesome been really enjoying this block. It's the first time I've been doing uh, a tempo block. So it's been, I thought it'd be hell, but it's actually really fun. Um,
0: What is wrong with you?
1: Well, Mm. I think it's (laughs) that, like, why, like, what you're saying, like, why you like jiu-jitsu. It's like, it's different. And with tempo stuff, it's... Well, tempo is just going slower. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess because the the weight's so much lighter when I'm doing tempo work. So it's not as, it's like, not uh, as, like, intense Mm -hmm. but um and it feels so light and so easy but then by the end of it you're still wrecked (laughs) because you're just out of breath (laughs) and
0: um i feel like you might not be doing the tempo right what do you mean so light and easy it shouldn't
2: feel good Mm. well are you going slow on the way up yeah no,
3: yeah, like, he is. I've been
2: watching him. Yeah. Or has CJ started taking some spicy supplements? <laughs> He's no. really going for the win in the novice pro this yeah, year. Novice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, a finally podium mm. for once. Um, started eating meat again. Thought, you know what else I can fucking add into the mix? <laughs> some trend. <laughs> along, along with my meat. I have jumped on the kangaroo
1: train. Been eating kangaroo. Nice. Um, <laughs> but no, no trend. <laughs> but kangaroo's been. It's yeah, it's been fun to learn how to cook it because it's very different mm. to like normal mints. So I just kind of first time I made it was like normal mints. I'm like, oh damn, this is really gamey. <laughs> yeah. I can't just eat this straight. Um, what have yeah. you
3: been having it with?
1: Um, uh, that ayam stuff.
0: Oh nice, that's so good. Damn, I have you're, that. You're fully committed.
1: Yeah, I have it with that. I like saute garlic and onions, chuck veggies in. We have I have this running joke with um Daniel Lapatin because for the first part of it we've been dousing it in um chicken stock mm. and saying we're going vertical. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, baby carrots. How nice. good. Um
0: yeah. You'll catch Daniel going vertical. Sometimes I, I when I'm at Southside and if I'm eating there's no cutlery there but there's a spoon in his lunch bag and every mm. time I go in this lunch bag there's a carrot or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's very vertical, <laughs> very vertical.
2: He's always going vertical. Um yeah. All right guys, I'm going to let's do these together. I want your grateful and your quote. CJ. Oh, man. What am I grateful for this week? I'm grateful for air
1: conditioning. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm so grateful for man. air conditioning. Nasty. I at At my house, I have it like in the living room, but I don't have it in my room. And my room is upstairs. Oh. So it's just so hot. I wake up in a puddle of sweat and I just run down and then... Crash on the couch. <laughs> I <with> just <the AC laughs> sleep on the couch. I literally, it's like there's some mornings where it's like I, I can't sleep because I wake up at three and it's just so hot. So I just go downstairs. Do
0: you have a fan on you?
1: Yeah, yeah. but it's just so it's hot. Enough, yeah. yeah, it's not enough. Um, so yeah, AC. That's what I'm grateful for. And What's your quote? My quote: "Um, reputation is what people think of you. Character is what you actually are."
3: Nice. That is good.
0: Yeah, nice. Tom bro, uh, I'm grateful for insurance. I got <laughs> rear ended again <gasps> yesterday. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when? Wait. When yesterday? On the way here in the morning. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not not badly. Um, badly enough to scratch it and be annoying enough to be like, okay, if I'm selling this car, this is going to be a problem. Um. And it's very inconvenient, but at least I don't have to pay anything for it because mm. insurance exists. Uh, I don't actually
2: know what to do. I, uh, is I it shouldn't.
0: I, I need to do something.
2: Well, in their case, shouldn't <laughs> in this case, shouldn't their insurance cover
0: it? Yeah, but I still have to action something.
2: So yeah, yeah, I tried to call my
0: insurance company this morning, and when I got through, it got disconnected and it'd been like <sighs> half an hour. So I'll try again later. Jeez. Um, and my quote is the only people uh, who say money can't buy happiness other people who haven't given enough away
3: uh, Ooh.
2: nice that's nice. a good one that is a really good one yeah um all right uh what am i grateful for i am grateful for um fuck I, it sounds silly but I'm also grateful for earcon I'm not just I am just copying your yeah. <laughs> but, but 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 Tom bro you remember the days when we were working here with no earcon yes I used to bring like three t-shirts to work and there was nothing more stressful than typing on a computer and sweating profusely yeah it was very stressful. Yeah, no, it's pretty gross. bad. And then you get up and go toilet. You're sitting on the toilet, all sweaty, sliding yeah. around on the toilet bowl, yeah. <laughs> sliding around. <laughs> How much are you moving? No, no, no. I'm not <laughs> just trying to. Add, I'm just trying to add a little bit of GST yeah, to the it, story. It's it pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's pretty bad. So yeah, really grateful for the aircon. It's so good in here that I've been turning one aircon mm. unit off lately, but mm. not this week because this week's been fucking it's atrocious, disgusting. Yeah. This week mm. yeah. It's so bad. Um, all right. So my quote is. <clears throat> realize, real... No, I'm joking, I'm joking. You know the one I was going to no, say. No, uh, you no. know, when you see those corny ones, it's like realize, realize, real eyes. Real eyes, eyes. realize, real lies or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. used to say that in high
3: school. Yeah.
2: Bars. <laughs> um, my quote is, one day or day one, you decide.
3: Mm, that's good. Nice. Very I
2: like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh,
3: I am grateful for the ocean. I've been swimming a lot more lately and I'm loving it.
2: Why are you just complaining about sharks? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but I still love in. it. I go in there and I don't go out too far. I no, out she quickly looks,
2: the she looks to see if there's any sharks in there first. She goes no, like <laughs> I make sure
3: that there's at least a couple of swimmers in front of me so the shark will come and get them first before um. it gets me. Yeah.
2: So there's more bait. Yeah. Yeah. More bait in the water. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Just don't leave the group. You don't stray away from the group. Aww. And my quote is... Don't miss out on something great just because it could also be difficult. Ooh.
2: Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, I've got a few topics I want to talk about on today's podcast. The first topic is uh, the top five people who fail at reaching their nutrition and fitness goals. All right. Now, I'm sure all of us have like are, we, are we naming names? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to name names. Um, but we can all think of uh, similar, like, They've all they've all got the similar archetype, people who fail nutrition <laughs> and fitness goals. Um, the first person the first not person I want to talk about. But uh, what's what's something that you guys think contributes to people to uh, failing reaching the nutrition fitness goals? The first thing I've got is setting unrealistic goals.
3: Mhm.
2: What can contribute to this? What do you guys think contributes to
3: Watching what other people are doing and comparing yourself to them. 100%.
2: Mm-hmm. Comparison is a thief of joy. Mhm. Mm. Um, one yeah. thing that I think really contributes to unrealistic goals is social media. Yes. Uh-huh. How uh, Like, you see it a lot in here as well. You've got people in here training, and they're comparing themselves mm. to the Russell Orhees, the Taylor Atwoods. They're literally comparing themselves to the elite people of the sport. Mm-hmm. Like, when we go, when you go ride BMX, Tom Bro, do you ever think about, fuck, Matt Hoffman could fucking do this back... You don't think like that, do you? Mm. Same with basketball, you go, or do you? No no. <laughs> no, no. no, <laughs> Like when you go shoot, like people that play basketball, they don't compare themselves to the people they're watching on TV. But I don't know. I don't know if it's just how easily accessible our sport is and how um, accessible we are to those people, the elite people of the sport. I don't know if that contributes to that as well. I think it definitely does. Mm. It,
0: it also paints um, or forces people to, to put time pressure on themselves. Like people want everything very quickly. And when you can see it right in front of you, you want it faster. Um, and so I think that's probably one of the biggest contributors. Like, uh, Because some people set expectations or, or goals that aren't unreasonable but are super unreasonable in the timeframes that they set mm-hmm. for themselves. So they're like, I want to lose 10 kilos. Then they'll say, I want to do it in six weeks. Okay, Losing 10 kilos is not, not the biggest ask in the world, but to do it in that short a period of time is just going to be unsustainable or not possible and the the work required to get out the result most people just aren't willing to put in otherwise they wouldn't be in that situation to begin with
3: mm.
2: i remember when i first started powerlifting and i've said this numerous times but like the first uh person around my size that i saw that was really good at lifting on the gold coast was josh takua mm-hmm. and i when i first started i was brand new to the sport and I was comparing myself to him. I was like, okay, cool. He's around 77 kilos like me, whatever. I could be that strong. Mm. I'm comparing myself to literally one of the greatest <laughs> raw powerlifters in Australia right now. Pound for pound. Mm. <laughs> how fucking stupid is that?
3: <laughs>
2: He's been doing it forever. Yeah. Yeah. But how weird is that? That, that was my thought process then. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think that with any other sport, but for some reason with lifting I did. Mm. Mm, so unrealistic goals. Uh huh. Um, have you guys got any any other archetypes of people that you think?
3: People who aren't consistent, mm-hmm. who are just constantly changing up their training styles and going off their nutrition plans constantly and then wondering why it's not working.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's a pretty obvious one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and
0: it's normally tied into impatience as well. Mm. It's like, you know, you go on a diet for a week, I'm not shredded, oh, this isn't working. Mm. It's like, well, it's not how it works. It takes time, it takes consistency, mm-hmm. it takes effort. Uh, and it's often that like missing the forest for the trees kind of thing. It's like people set the bar not too high, but again, like they they probably set it closer than than the the distance that they need to achieve it. And so they miss the milestones along the way. Like maybe they are losing weight in that first couple of weeks, but they're not happy with the rate of it. And so mm-hmm. they give up because they think it's not working. It is working, it just needs more time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's prob- probably the most common thing. Because goals are just goals. So, you know, we spoke about that last week, but it's the work that gets the outcome and so many people just give up on the work so quickly.
2: I was also thinking just as well with unrealistic goals as people who have like concurrent goals that uh, clash with each other. Mm -hmm. So let's say if you're trying to, um, let's just, for example, you always see this uh, during a peak. Someone's trying to lose weight, start dieting during a peak. You know, you want to be in a surplus. You want to be fueling your body with enough food you know, to maximize your output. Um, so people with concurrent goals are like, okay, I want to lose 10 kgs in the next 10 weeks, but I want to lift X amount of this comp kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, that's another thing, like unrealistic goals that don't uh, align with each other. For sure. Mm. Um. Another thing for, so for performance, uh, under fueling, like I just said, not eating enough to match their output. Um. What do you guys think, uh, contributes to under fueling. Like when you think of people who under fuel, is there a certain archetypal person that you think?
0: Mm, I
2: think uh,
0: a lot of people just don't know mm-hmm. uh, because you know, the the signs that your body gives you are, are great, but a lot of that sort of stuff just kind of goes out the window with, with performance based stuff. So, you know, if you're not hungry doesn't necessarily mean you don't need to eat more. If you are hungry doesn't necessarily mean you do need to eat more. Um, And so like those signs, how our body is talking to us kind of changes when you're chasing high performance. I think the general notion to people that, you know, are getting into health and fitness and, you know, you'll see a lot of people say, you don't have to know how to count every single calorie and track. every. I agree with that. I think for the average person it is quite cumbersome and that your body is designed to talk to you in such a way that uh, guides you pretty, pretty accurately. But it just goes out of the window with with high performance sort of stuff, and so um, people, like Bridget was saying, people who are just inconsistent with their intake and don't know then how to gauge and measure it, they're the people that are going to fall the shortest. And it's kind of that archetype of um, people that really struggle to put on weight. They tend to be the worst eaters. Mm-hmm. You know, they they think they're eating a lot and they never are.
2: Yeah, um, that's a big one. People who who you know, like, there's uh, a lot of people that especially people, I know people that like track their macros and that, and they're so bad at eating that they'll jam all their food in, in a really short space of time. Uh, I'm just going to, so like the one person I'm talking about, they jam all the calories in at nighttime, late at night. Mm-hmm. So they're having all their calories. Let's just say, I don't know, 2000 or 4,000 calories in the PM. Cause they've, you know, they haven't been able to make, make it a priority during the day. And all that's doing is affecting the way they eat the next day. Cause they're still full for half the day. And then the cycle just continues. Um, that's actually not that bad if they're getting
0: everything in if it mm, starts to disrupt it to the point where they can't do that and can't eat enough to fuel their performance that's when it becomes a problem
2: yeah so that's that's so that's so where I'm going with this it's like he ended up just being in more of a deficit mm. because you know eating was not a priority for him so he'd slam it he'd cram it all in he'd obviously not be hungry during the day and then at night time he's like oh shit I'm too busy or I'm too tired I can't mm. eat that again it's like oh well now you're in more of a deficit just because you've under fueled uh, throughout the day mm. Um, and like we always talk about if you're, l- oh, not, we always talk about, like we've just said, if you're under fueling, um, you're not going to be able to maximize your output.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and a big thing, I just want to add a
0: person, uh, for, for us who have a defined like intrinsic drive, we don't need motivation. We don't need a push. Like we just get up and we train. It's just part of who we are. For people without that, you kind of need like three legs of a tripod to prop up success or prop up like the the success of whatever your goal is. And it's normally like if we're talking health, fitness, strength, body composition, whatever, it's normally uh, training, nutrition, accountability. And a lot of people are often just missing one of those things. So they might have you know training and, and work with a coach but not have the nutrition aspect sorted or they might be real good with training and nutrition but have no accountability and don't see where they're falling short, like don't have expert guidance. So normally one of those things is missing. Like if you're if you're listening to this and you're one of these people who coaches yourself, looks after yourself, has always managed your, managed your progress and it's taken you a few years to sort of look back and go, I haven't actually made the progress that I wanted in the last few years. You're probably just missing one of those three things. And oftentimes it is that expert opinion. That's why coaches exist. Like our job as a coach is to provide a, provide a shortcut. That's what it is. The reality is we exist to get you your results as fast as possible without being unreasonably fast, like as fast as possible within the, the parameters that we're working in. So essentially, we've made the cause, mistakes because we've worked with thousands of people. We know what the mistakes are before you make them so we can stop you from making those mistakes. That's how you get results quicker. That's what you're paying for when you pay for a coach. Um, so it's why every coach, their first piece of advice is get a coach because we know what works. Mm-hmm. We know what we're about. Um, so oftentimes, yeah, people are missing one of
2: those those three legs of the tripod. Um, it's definitely one of my biggest flaws as well um, with everything I do is my nutrition. Um, I'm really inconsistent with my nutrition. It's not that I... Uh, it's not like uh, I'm very indulgent and I eat too much and things like that, but some days I'll have a 1,000 calories. The next days I'll have 3,000 kind of thing. So I'm really inconsistent with that. So I know that's one of my... Uh, Biggest, uh, whenever I have little, uh, I guess you could call them like existential, uh, existential. that's the one, uh, crises about like, I'm like, fuck, I'm this strong or I've ran this fast, but I don't look like I can do any of those things. And that's when I have like a little, every now and again, you have like little meltdowns like that. And that's the thing that always gets me. I'm like, fuck, I don't look like I can do any of this. But then at the same time, I sometimes wear it like a badge of honor that I can do those things. I think they call that body dysmorphia, brother. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is. It is a little bit of bodiness. It's weird though because – There's a pill for that. (laughs) I feel like – because at the same time, I feel like I don't have – well, yeah, it's hard to define what body dysmorphia is. It's not. I'm talking to it right now. (laughs) But I'm not not insecure about my body. Uh Uh-huh. Like when I think people with body dysmorphia, all their choices revolve around their body. Mm. Like for me, I couldn't give two fucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was, I was mostly joking. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> you
2: just made me question. I was like, no way, do I? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. So, yeah, that's me. But another another uh, archetype of person is the procrastinator. They are uh, they never reach their fitness and uh, strength goals. Day one or fitness one day? Yeah, <laughs> yeah legit. Fitness or nutrition girls, the procrastinator. What, Thomas, what makes people procrastinate? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You're talking
0: about people who are like the diet starts Monday kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've (laughs) all been there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, A lot of people will procrastinate because they put imaginary objects in the way. Um, And these objects will be very real objects, but they're not actually stopping you from doing anything oh, I'm busy at work. Oh, I don't have enough money or whatever. We all have enough money to do what is a priority to us. Like anyone, you know, of course, you know, we're not talking about people who are living in abject poverty. We're talking about, you know, the average person in Australia. They can say that they've got no money, but they walk around with an iPhone. You know, an Mm -hmm. iPhone is a very expensive, unnecessary piece of equipment, but we make it necessary because we say we need this thing. I need to be able to make calls and texts. And when you've been sold this product, you immediately write off the rest of the market. There's much cheaper phone options where you can make calls and texts, right? Anyway, forget the phone thing for a second. All that's to say is money's not a problem. We can find money if we really want something because we do. Guarantee, if you guys have bills pop up that you need to pay, you'll find a way to pay them. You'll shift things around, you'll make it a priority, you'll get them paid. You pay your rent, you pay your electricity, you pay whatever bills you have, you make that work. We can do that for other stuff that we really want. So money's not an object or money's not something that's in the way. It's not an obstruction. Uh, the other thing people will play is like the time card. I'm too busy. If you're too busy to do something, or if you, if you believe that you're too busy, you have to ask yourself the question, well, if I start this thing while I'm too busy and I can find strategies to do it, that's the best time to start. Because mm-hmm. ask yourself this, are you ever going to be busy again? Of course you are. There's always mm-hmm. going to be stuff going on. And so you're going to be too busy forever. So you may as to well just start, learn how to build a lifestyle around everything else that you've going on, which is a matter of ordering priorities. And then when times are quiet, it's even easier. When things are busy, now you've got the skills to do stuff when things are busy. Um, so like this, we create these objections into our in our heads when we're... Uh, uh, when when something inside of us is stopping us from making a decision. And most of the time, it's just fear. It, it's fear that's unfounded. Like if we sort of reverse engineer this, that's what sales is. Sales is being like, how do we break down what this person is actually fearful of when it comes to buying this product? How do we get them to believe that this is, is, is important to them so they can make an informed decision? Because that's why people don't buy stuff. They're just too scared. Um, so... Why do people procrastinate? Because they're scared. That's ultimately all it comes down to. Mm. And
3: also I find a lot of people who wait to start are waiting on motivation. And that's never going to come until you start. I'm not motivated to come into the gym every day. Like you said before, we just come in and we do it. It's discipline. And that'll come later on. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: I also think uh, like common traits of the procrastinator is just very unorganized. Do you know what I mean? People say, yeah, I'm going to start dieting on Monday. But they haven't actually got a plan Mm-hmm. in place as to how they're going to start dieting they haven't really thought it through mm-hmm. it's just easy to say hey i'm going to do this at a later date just because we're unorganized mm. um you mentioned before like you're going to make it a priority like there's a i'm just speaking in a, uh, from my own experience there's a jujitsu class that i really want to do on thursdays during the day that's during my work hours i really wanted to do it so i made it a priority i organized something with tom bro hey can i do this you know i could have just e- easily said hey i can't do that class because, yeah, because because I've got work or whatever. But you know, you can uh, you can always kind of work around things and uh, yeah. I don't even know what I'm saying. No,
0: no you're right. If things are important, you'll find you'll a way make to it make happen. happen. Mm. Exactly. Mm.
2: Yeah, so it's like okay, cool. I can do this class now because I've uh, worked X amount on this day. I've moved. I've moved my schedule around to make it work because I really want to do that class. Mm. If I didn't really want to do it, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Mm.
0: And you just you just have to check yourself sometimes. Like if you're sitting there on a weekend, you know playing playstation and then on a wednesday you're like i can't do this thing because i don't have time it's like well you wanted to play playstation you made time to do it Mm. and you're like that's my time all the time that you have is your time Mm. you get to do whatever the fuck you want with it oh i have to work yeah you do have to work and you just have to make things that are a priority things that you have to do so for me i have to train it it is a choice but for me i have to do it you know um it just yeah it's it's a big matter of practice, but people who procrastinate are
2: scared of something. Mm. They're all, they're also, uh, <clears throat> I'm not saying this is everyone, but pe- people who procrastinate are also people who don't mind letting themselves down. Like, you know, people that have, uh, procrastinated. especially the diet thing comes to my, obviously it's a lot more, there's a lot more psychological factors that go into it than other than being lazy or procrastinating. Um, But I find as well, just from speaking from my own experience again, like when I failed on a diet or I've gone off plan, it's like, ah, I don't really care. Uh, You know, you start telling yourself excuses. I actually don't really, I I don't mind uh, how I look or actually I couldn't care less about getting lean or you start telling yourself excuses and you believe your own excuses eventually. And uh, that just comes down to you don't mind letting yourself, yourself down. Because that's how I feel sometimes. It's like, ah, oh, I'd rather let myself down than other people down.
0: It's probably the opposite. You know, you find that as a justification to stop doing what you're doing. The real fear is not achieving something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you're not achieving something, you're just like, oh, I actually just don't care about this. You do care about it. Otherwise, you would have never gone down that road in the first place. Like you really care about it. But if you tell yourself you don't care, it's much easier to let it go.
2: Um another person who fails their uh nutrition and fitness goals is the overachiever doing too much in the beginning to get after their goals. Um so I'm going to use uh a former client of mine uh when they set a goal it's that's it like, so let's just say they haven't trained in a long time and all of a sudden they're like, hey, I want to start training and lose weight. And it's like, okay, cool. Now all of a sudden they're fasting 18 hours a day. They're training twice a day. They're walking 15,000 steps a day. Uh, they're only eating this type of food or whatever. And they're just doing too much at the start. Uh, and it's just, it's, just a, it's just a way to fast track your failure to an extent you're going to have really good results at the beginning, but you're just going to burn yourself out because you've created uh, these unrealistic goals and these unrealistic unre- uh, ways of living or ways of training that you're not going to be able to maintain for or sustain for long periods of time.
0: And that's it. It's, it's sustainability. Um, and, you know, those that, again, this is why coaches are so important is because our job is to harness those qualities. Like if someone is willing to go all in like that, that's fucking fantastic. Uh, but we need to be able to guide someone to be like, look, this is going to work really well for you for a few weeks. And then it's just going to completely die. Because though that archetype of person, they are what you're talking about before that will really beat themselves up. Mm. Like if they miss a session, they will beat themselves up. And people who beat themselves up like that will, just like you were talking about before as well, quickly justify the pathway out. They'll be like, oh, I missed two sessions. What's the point in finishing this program? What's the point of even trying? You know, I'm just failing after failing after failing. It's like, well, you're succeeding because you set a goal of six sessions a week and you showed up four. Four sessions a week, awesome. Mm. You know, so like those type of people tend to lean way harder into the failure than the actual process and the wins. Um, And as a result, just create this psychological reinforcement cycle where they're just like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm failing. i got to bail when actually they're doing really good. So a good coach will learn to sort of direct their focus to the wins, um, to guide them with the fact that it's okay to mess up from time to time and that you can still keep making progress forward. Um, The analogy I like to use with stuff like this is like, we are good at failing uh, and we have to reflect back on what we are so good at failing and getting up again and trying. And so like, I just mean this as an inherent human quality people learn how to walk. They walk, they fall over, they get up, they try again. That's just like an inbuilt subconscious thing. Again, like another example, we all have phones. And, you know, Bridget especially will remember when we didn't have phones. And (laughs) uh, then we got like flip phones. And then, uh, yeah, back then you were sending like pigeons and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Nailing a piece of wood to to a dinosaur. (laughs) 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 <laughs> no, no, but like, you know, we got Nokia phones and you you had the, you know, the one to zero numbers and you had to press each button three <laughs> times to get a letter. And then it switched to like a QWERTY keyboard. It's like, what? We have to learn this. And then it went to the next iteration, the next, and we learn how to do it. We just like, we adapt and we learn and we're good at doing that. Um, and so we have to remind ourselves that the only reason we're good at stuff is because we suck at stuff. And we're good at sucking at stuff to the point where it's unreasonable to suck anymore. Like we just keep going and going and going and we get good at it. So um, these people that are really good at over committing in their life, you know, working super hard in their careers, working super hard with their family and then they bring that to fitness and they give up after two weeks because they can't, you know, meet their own expectations. Like you've got the work qualities. You just have to understand that you're not good at this and you
2: will get good at it if you keep doing it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we've spoken a lot about... Uh, like in talking about this, we've we've used the nutrition side of things a lot more than the fitness side of things. So, um, who should you take nutrition advice from, and who should you not take a nutrition advice from? <laughs> you should take a nutrition advice from zero and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Done.
2: Perfect. <laughs> Done. I just think uh, the only reason I asked this is because, like, uh, with with training, it's um, it's a lot more easier to pick a coach than it is to pick a nutritionist. Well, that's what I believe anyway, because you know, we have, we see so many, um, especially it's the same in training, but in nutrition, there's a lot of charlatans Mm -hmm. that say, this is the only way you should eat. Like there's a really good example is liver king. Mm -hmm. This is how you should eat. This is the only way you should eat. You should buy my supplements. This works. Does it work? Yeah, it does work, but so does every other diet. Mm -hmm. The only way anybody loses weight is that they're in a calorie deficit, Mm -hmm. um, despite what diet they're in. But who should you take nutrition advice? The first one I've got here is a doctor. No. Would you take nutrition advice from a doctor? No. Why not? So I'm saying this
0: like as, as someone who's got a degree in nutrition and has worked alongside hospitals, doctors, um, has worked alongside a lot of accredited practicing dietitians. Doctors, like if we're talking about GPs, then they're, they're not trained in nutrition. And so they'll, they'll give generalized advice, great generalized advice, which is just Australian dietary guidelines. And, and the Australian, the government guidelines are fantastic. Anyone in the fitness industry who says this is shit, <laughs> completely wrong. Cause they're looking at it through the lens of like count calories and macros for getting jacked. That is such a tiny percentage of the population. Like the guidelines are made for the average person and it's such a great message. Eat mostly lean meats and fish. Eat lots of whole grains and vegetables and fruits. Limit fats and discretionary foods. Like that is how you eat healthily. Mm. Um, so that's the, that's about the extent of the advice that a doctor can, can or w- often does give. Um, and so like just like any profession, you know, in health, a lot of the advice is then further than that is just by that person's own biases or own personal interest Mm -hmm. so if you go see a doctor who's really addicted to keto they're going to tell you to eat keto and they you using their you know doctor's mindset are going to find studies to support their arguments Uh, so they'll sound very smart about it um so for for general nutrition advice for the average person yeah maybe the doctor's got something positive to say but for anything specialized credited practicing dietitian is the gold standard um for, for us in the fitness industry or, or for you as the consumer looking at who to listen to always go for people who are talking in broader principles rather than specific methods. If someone is saying this is the way and it's very specific, that's the red flag. Like that's the liver Kings of the world. Mm. Um, and you know, granted liver Kings message isn't actually that bad, mm. uh, but you know, the, the, like you have to eat with intermittent fasting, And here's all the evidence. Nah, that sort of stuff is the red flag. Here's the generally accepted uh, guidelines for health. Um, Here's how you
2: can achieve it with this method. Those are the people you want to listen to. Bodybuilders. Should you take nutrition advice from bodybuilders?
0: I mean, like again, it's it's super generalized Mm. because like we know bodybuilders who are absolutely fantastic and super knowledgeable when it comes to nutrition uh, but someone who's just an achieved a, an impressive physique—that's not any qualification, in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and it then it then becomes a question of like nutrition for what, mm. you know, because like nutrition for performance is can be slightly different to nutrition for health, can be slightly different to nutrition for body composition. Um, and so, yeah, as as a blanket statement, I would say no. I say, I'm always going to default to accredited practicing dietitian is the gold standard because that's what I'm trained to say.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going um, to say no as well. Uh, obviously, it's context-dependent. Like you said, Thomas, we know lots of bodybuilders that are fantastic with the nutrition and give great advice. But I'm just going to use uh, – I've got a story to tell you. So we had a comp here one time, and one of my clients was eating sandwiches with brown bread. Nice. Okay, which is fine. Brown bread's fine, whatever. Someone came up to him and goes, oh, you know, you could eat white bread. Like, there's no difference. You could, Your sandwiches could be white bread. Like, I I eat white bread all the time, and I eat Cocoa Pops, and he started rattling off all the stuff that he eats. And I was just thinking at the time, you just made an assumption that he thinks he can't eat white bread because it's bad for him. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I thought it was so odd that that's the first thing that he said. When he came, saw someone eating a brown bread sandwich. Like Thomas, when you see me drinking kombucha, you don't come up to me and go, "You know, you can drink Pepsi Max." Like you haven't made an assumption that I'm drinking kombucha because I think it's healthier for me or it's good for my gut. And I definitely think that though.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you told me to drink Pepsi Max instead of water one day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But,
0: uh, like, why would you? Why would you pick a drink that <laughs> tastes like tea strained through <laughs> skiddy onions
2: <undies laughs> <laughs> instead of? Nectar of the heavens. I, but you know, I love kombucha and I love sparkling water. Yeah, Even like fucking, it's so funny. I'll have the dirtiest meal. I have a big burger fried or whatever. And I'll still like, I do love like, I just love anything with bubbles. So I'll drink anything spicy. fizzy. But I do love a kombucha and I genuinely do love a nice a sparkling water. Yeah, yeah. so I do like spicy water. But yeah, I just thought it was so weird um, that that was his assumption. Like he's under the the... The geese the geese the geese. The guys. I'm saying all these fucking words I don't use ever. Yeah. Um that, you know, oh, you know, calorie as long as you track your macro like he had this bold uh blanket thought process behind nutrition. Mm. And he thinks that that should apply to everyone. You know, you can still eat the foods you love. It's like, yeah, no shit, bro. You brown just, bread's
3: better than white bread anyway. I, I was going to say,
2: <laughs> I always opt for like yeah. brown bread because I like it yeah. better. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> and Vogels, it was just the, odd, it was the most weird uh, interaction. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's just eating that because he likes it, not because he had a thing, you know. Yeah. You don't always have to be fucking eating. Like when I first got into If It Fits your Macros, I started eating worse than I already had. I was like, man, I can eat Pop-Tarts. I can eat Sour Patch Kids before the gym. And it's like, what was wrong with eating a banana before the gym? Why would I start fucking switching to all this? Do you know what I mean? I started yeah. eating like an idiot. I started eating like a five-year-old because I fucking started doing it for 50 macros. And I was like, yeah, man, I can eat all this shit. It's this, yeah. It, I, I
0: think as a whole, the industry, as in the fitness industry, is kind of getting better with it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's me looking through rose-tinted glasses or whatever um but like my background as as a nutritionist and working for the government and all that jazz uh, you know we, we are we are trained to understand that food extends to far more than function you know like the world the world health organization definition of health is a is a complete state of mental mental physical well-being and not just the absence of disease right so it's it's more than it's more than just like how you look it's how you feel it plays a role in your in your social health like food extends uh, such an enormous role in all of our lives Um, and people who you know get evangelized into the fitness industry really see it as you know calories and macronutrients and really feel that they need to blast that at everyone and it's just not how people see food it's not how real people see food and we, we live in this little fitness bubble and sometimes people forget that.
2: Mm. I know it's, um I've probably said this before on the podcast, but we all know people, um, like I grew up with lots of footy players, they don't know a thing about nutrition. Mm. But they can all get shredded in six weeks, they can all gain weight in six weeks. Or um, because they just, you know, they just try to eat a little bit better. Well, like when they diet, so they just eat a little bit less. This is the thing, they mm. know. everyone knows about nutrition.
3: Mm.
0: If you go up to if you go up to someone in KFC and be like, Hey, do you think that the family feast that you're about to eat by yourself <laughs> is a better option than lean meat and vegetables for your health, they know that it's not. Like people aren't dumb. And people know that if you want to lose weight, you eat less. If you want to gain gain weight, you eat more. Like that's the extent of nutrition knowledge that people need. It's just highlighting the fact that food plays a much bigger role to us culturally socially uh there's far more inputs into the food decisions that we make than just like health macronutrients uh you know gaining weight losing weight whatever this there's, there's a lot more moving parts and people in the fitness industry aren't trained and don't know this and so they don't respect it
2: mm-hmm. um this is random but cj i don't know how many filipinos do you know when they try to lose weight and they just stop eating rice <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes or they stop eating dinners.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I need to remove the carbs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So funny. I remember my mum when she tried to lose weight, she just stopped eating rice, but kept eating everything else. Mm. And she reckoned she started getting headaches from having no rice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Basically yeah. keto. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the
0: first thing when you go keto, your head hurts like hell for like three days. Oh, does it really?
3: Yeah. Big time. Yeah. True. Oh, wow. You're yeah. Right. Sounds awful. Yeah.
2: Is that because uh, your body's going into ketosis? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done keto? Yeah. Uh, how long for? Like a year. Really? Maybe. Whoa.
0: Yeah, I was like 18. I read the Atkins diet and I was like, my life has changed. So is that how you initially lost all the weight? Because you said you were a, a chubby kid? No, nah, I was already skinny by then. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I just lost the weight by growing up and exercising and getting a eating disorder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the reality of it. Um, the government, should you listen to the government for nutrition advice?
0: If you're trying to get jacked and eat for performance, eh, probably not.
2: Uh,
0: Like if you're taking the dietary guidelines and then trying to apply it to being the best powerlifter you can be, you're probably not going to do too great. If you're listening to this and you're looking for general health for your family and you don't do anything besides exist and work and like you don't sorry you don't do anything <laughs> with like a specific performance <laughs> a specific performance pursuit absolutely you should listen to the government like again this is the fitness industry doesn't have respect for the government the the dietary guidelines are like the based on the best research in the world that we have available for population nutrition like it's not like they've just made up some shit and pulled it (laughs) out their ass and been like hey guys try this 27 million people Good luck.
2: (laughs) The fitness industry is one of the only industries that disregards every other industry.
0: I'll tell you you how to spot an absolute complete fucking idiot in the fitness (laughs) industry. (laughs) It's when they're like, yeah, the government and their food pyramid. The food pyramid hasn't been used since like 1993. (laughs) Like it's at least 30 years gone. And they're still going like, yeah, they got the food pyramid the fuck are you talking about
2: you're like you're dissing the government you don't even know what they do yeah it's really odd like trainers not all trainers but you know how trainers they'll disregard doctors advice they'll disregard physiotherapists advice they'll disregard the government nutrition advice they disregard every other uh they only look at things through their lens like it's it's always uh i don't know i always find myself daydreaming about things like this but like could you imagine a Sparky walking into a job, and the builder said, "Hey, we need to do this." And you, what an idiot! Why would he say we need to do this <laughs> when <laughs> we could just do they, this? They do do that. Yeah, you're right. They do. <laughs> Even it tradesmen are the worst for it. <laughs> like
0: Sparkies versus um, your old profession, Andy, and like the oh, data yeah. guys. The Sparkies think that everything that data people do is this dumbest <laughs> thing ever, and vice versa. Like, why would you do that? Uh, uh, so this is, but this is the fitness bubble, right? We just mm. see what we do, and we think no one else does it. Like these archetypes exist everywhere. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But, I don't know,
0: but you're 100 percent right. Like especially, you know, fresher trainers just think yeah. everyone's an idiot.
2: I just think, like, us, we are in our own like little echo chambers. But you don't see fucking Sparkies t- teeing off on Instagram against other Sparkies, like the way I do it this way. Uh, yeah, do- but you're not in the Sparky world. They probably <laughs> yeah. do. No, I am. <laughs> Follow uh, Henny Sparky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, <laughs> previous lifetime. No, you're right. You're right, Thomas. But like, I just, I don't know. It's just way more profound in our industry uh, where everybody's got an opinion. And like you said in your Instagram post the other day, like it's just an opinion. It's not fact. Yeah. And we all get fucking up in arms. And, <laughs> you know, we had coaches that have very uh, dogmatic views, crushing other coaches' dogmatic views because their own dogmatic views are more important or... Is factual. It's a. it's a very it's very strange. It's spicy. very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um should you take nutrition advice from supplement companies? No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> At the bottom of
0: the barrel now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Well, no, it depends. Do you want to buy their products? Then yeah, for sure, take their nutrition advice. Because that's all they're trying to sell you. I mean they shouldn't be giving nutrition advice. Mm. Supplement companies. mm what about uh,
2: fitness influencers? No. <laughs> <laughs> can, you guys remember, can you guys remember Freely the Banana Girl? Yes. Yeah, I don't know if she's still around. I'm not sure. But remember how she used to eat, like, was it 21 or? 20, Something like that. Like 30 bananas a day or some shit. This is going back to the age of,
0: what was that? Like the original influencer on the Gold Coast. What's her name? Uh, Got in trouble for the, like, the parking spot debacle. Kayla it seems. No, Matt. before that. Before
2: her,
3: yeah,
0: she's like the original big
2: program. Oh, uh, okay. I was gonna say Rosanna Arkell. Ashley Bynes,
3: oh, Ashley Bynes.
0: Bynes. Yeah. yeah,
2: is she
3: still around? Yep. I saw her at the markets like a couple of months ago.
0: Oh, I wouldn't even know what she looks like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if that's what we're talking about with fitness influencers, then then no, yeah. I mean, like, but again, like, there are some really, really top tier influencers with fantastic advice. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking influ- uh, influencer, is the worst word. Like absolute worst word, but it's also the perfect word to describe what they mm. do because they do influence
2: people mm-hmm. to make choices. Mm. It's so weird though that like you see, like you said, it's the worst word, but it's also the best word. I think it's the worst word because it really
0: highlights how scary it is. Like someone can get gigantic just because they look good, have a few good opportunities, work hard, build a following, but don't have any form of qualification, experience, mm. knowledge. And then can influence millions of people. Um, So should you be getting nutrition advice from influencers? No, unless they're like a specific nutrition influencer. Yeah. Mm, um, There's a... um, I supervised her on her placement and she coaches a lot of very high-level CrossFitters in Australia. Like she's huge in the CrossFit industry. Her name's Taylor Taylor. Um, and her page is called the Sports Dietitian. Yeah, I uh, follow her. She's she's a nutrition influencer, and you know she's a dietitian. Uh, and so the stuff that she puts out there is fantastic. Or we've worked alongside an accredited practicing dietitian in Melbourne who has who does PhD research. She's also fantastic. Her name's Zoya Hutchinson. She's excellent. Um, uh, you should find her on Instagram. She doesn't have as as big a following, but like people like that are putting really good nutrition information out there those are the kind of influences that you want to listen to people who are actually dietitians who then work with the kind of people that you want to be you know
2: it's crazy how easily influenced we are as well Mm. just by seeing shit on our phone um have you guys ever been influenced food-wise by someone you've seen on Instagram. Oh, yes. Absolutely. He's
0: eating fucking kangaroo and ayam. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah,
2: Influenced by his barber clans. <laughs> uh,
0: well, that's what I mean.
2: I'm what? thinking- <laughs> <laughs> My barber clans? Ruin yeah, Tom Bro, Oh, yeah. Ruin, we both got uh, hit with the- The kangaroo burgers. Yeah. At the exact same time. Yeah. We saw Brandon Kempter eating them, and then the next day we started eating them. Mm. Yeah. I can't think of
0: any, like, recent-
2: The vertical diet? Yeah. I, I did that because yeah. of Stan Effing. Back in the day. I started eating uh, Pop-Tarts because of Alberto Nunez. Nice. I started eating uh, <laughs> Sour Patch Kids because of... I think his name is Raymond Curdo, the online coach. You are quite easily influenced. <laughs> Food-wise, very. <laughs> very. Well, Because I, I love food. I love anything and everything. So as soon as yeah. I see something, done. Bridget, yeah. what about
3: you? No, I'm trying to think. I haven't. I just started eating more once I found out that was... The way to make your (laughs) butt grow bigger. (laughs) 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 Like 10 years ago.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Brian Shaw is a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have bison here, so kangaroo was the next. And yeah, dousing my food in chicken stock. It's very Brian Shaw. (laughs) Nice, nice,
2: nice. All right. Um, These guys annoy me. The evidence-based community. Okay, that's – evidence-based is the dumbest term.
0: Like, if we're talking – You know the
2: evidence-based community I'm talking about, though? Like, because it is a fucking dumb term. I don't know what specific community you're talking – like, you calling someone out?
0: No, 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 no. But, like – I know who – in like, the general person that considers themselves – like, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Are you thinking Lane Norton? (laughs) No, don't. (laughs) Is that who
2: you're thinking, though? No, no, no. Okay. No.
0: No. No. I'm
2: not – no. Okay. No, no, no. I just thought, because uh, when I think of, I always see Lane Norton like debunking people's things and this is how you should eat or whatever. I really like Lane Norton. Um, but does that, do you know that style of, uh, I don't even know how to explain it.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, like uh, I think the, the issue with the evidence-based community is that they, in, if we're talking the fitness industry is what I was saying before, they really lose touch with reality. Mm-hmm. They really lose touch with what happens on the ground and how people are emotionally, psychologically, socially attached to food and health. Um, And so um, they don't understand how much of a message that someone will take on board um, without realizing how unimportant it is. So what I mean by that is like, let's say an evidence-based person puts out something to do with like meal timing saying there were significant findings with meal timing, but the significance of the findings were so insignificant that it doesn't actually matter unless you're like an elite bodybuilder. They'll use language that makes it so confusing to understand that and leave the reader with like meal timing matters. Something, you know, terrible example, but you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't know how to talk to real people. Generally, they talk in like absolutes with their evidence-based stuff. So, It's hard because if you're on that thinking field and you can uh, understand what they're saying, critically think, critically analyze, great. It's great information for for people who are on that same level to sort of get a feel for what's out there, understand the research a bit more. Fantastic for that purpose. For the average consumer, I would say, unless they're able to digest their information into something uh, super easy to understand, I'd avoid that. Mm -hmm. So like... The gold standard that comes to mind immediately for someone who is extremely good at doing that, Luke Tulloch. Luke Tulloch makes stuff so easy to understand and has really found his market as as taking like, here's all the smart stuff, here's how you as the average person, that's the average punter in fitness can apply it to your life. Mm -hmm. He's excellent at doing that. So if you need inspiration, go look at his page.
2: Yeah, he's the man. There's another one I really like as well. uh, See, i think you need to press the button Mackenzie baker yeah yeah his stuff's really cool yeah yeah
0: because yeah. he's very normal very normal yeah, yeah very yeah. normal speaks english mm. understands things in depth but you know um communicates a message in a way that's very easy to understand um he much like me you know like i, w- I was preaching before about understanding that Food is not just function. He's very good at putting that message out there to the masses in terms of just like understanding food, understanding um, the broader implications of it, and being able to work on both sides of that that story in terms of you know working towards specific goals, but respecting the role of food and longevity and life and health, mm-hmm. which I love. Like that's that's my passion when it comes to nutrition is much bigger than health and performance. Like this, it's where it's the marriage of health and performance and you know strength and body composition but looking at the bigger picture in terms of social health life longevity long-term health
2: yeah Yeah, no i really i really like his stuff because to me it's really relatable like uh he's similar like he loves training he loves lifting surfing whatever he does but it's not his identity so he's not so wrapped up in it that he's um Mm. you know he's got a warped sense of uh, of who he is and what f- like you said what food means to everybody like yeah. um, you should reach out to him try and get him on next time he's on the Gold Coast oh yeah yeah sweet I'll give him a message Um, well I'll reach out to him if you can help me get Mackenzie Baker on the podcast I think he follows me I'll, I'll reach uh, out to him yeah you reach out to him <laughs> 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 uh, um, sweet but that's pretty much it nice. Um, I want to play a quick game we did this last time this time it's Deadlift Variations Ooh. CJ you start starting with Deadlift Okay. CJ De- Deadlift
1: Do I just say deadlift No deadlift? no no
2: So I started with deadlift Okay And, then and I yeah, go yeah. Um <laughs> Deficit deadlifts Block pulls Surplus deadlifts No no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> Sumo deadlift Audio Trap bar Deadlift Nice Deadlift with bands
1: Deadlift with chains
3: Pause deadlift
1: Uh Tempo deadlifts <laughs>
0: Nice Deadlift with the reverse bands
2: Zercher deadlift.
0: Well, that's not an exercise. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: <is>. Jefferson deadlift. <laughs> right, James is out.
3: <laughs> I am not out. CJ. <laughs>
1: oh, I don't even know what it's called. The deadlift where it's like you, your legs are over it. And it's you, a Jefferson it's deadlift. Oh, that is Jefferson.
2: <laughs> okay, then I'm out. Tom, bro. Uh, oh, stiff leg deadlift. B um, stance deadlift. Single leg deadlift. Hack squat. It's a deadlift with the bar behind your back. <laughs> that does not <laughs> count.
3: Is touch? that what it's called? I never knew it was called that. Yeah. Oh. What?
2: Wait, what did you say?
0: Hack squat. Mm. Like, it's, it's so not the machine. Yeah. The actual exercise is deadlift. Oh, oh right, right, right. Know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was no, the no, name yeah, for it. Yeah, My bad.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, <clears throat> a... Smith machine did lift. Does that count? (laughs) No, it doesn't. I know it doesn't. Uh, Dumbbell RDL. Nah, fuck, I'm out.
3: Uh, Shit.
2: That's not a variation.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe for Tom (laughs) 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 Hart. That's
1: so bad. Love you, Tommy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm out. All
0: right, I'll I'll
2: take the W.
3: Did you win last week?
2: Yeah. All right, thanks for tuning in.
3: See you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Zero podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, Zero underscore weakness, hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.